This special edition of the Ringer NBA show is brought to you by SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor of the Bill Simmons podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. Buy and sell tickets in two taps on your phone. Everything fully guaranteed. NBA fans, $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase on NBA tickets. Use promo code BSNBA. $20 off your first purchase. Download the SeatGeek app. There you go. Here he is, my friend, Pastor Carl. Pastor Carl's in the house. Carl Lentz. What's the name of your book? Uh, Own the Moment. We've done this podcast already. We just didn't tape it. It's true. Am I the first pastor you've ever had? You're my, you're my first pastor, period. Ever that you've ever... I'm not a religious person, but that's how I was raised. Yeah. I it's think... my mom and my mom's fault and my dad's fault. Anytime we can blame the parents in the first two minutes, we're there. Yeah, let's do it. But first, so, it was first 30 seconds. It's true. It's true. Thank you for having me, though. I appreciate it. It's awesome. Well, you know I love talking to real basketball fans. There's only a very few. I totally agree. I am am at least that. So your name started popping up. When did did you start popping in these stories? Like two years ago? I think probably even before that um, with KD. Some people saw us together, and, and I knew Jay Will. The Duke J. Will, not the white chocolate J. Will. Shout not show, white not chocolate. Sh- chauffeur, possible shooter J. Will. Definitely not, not option that three. There's okay. two options. Um, and I think some, so people kind of knew, but then, um, yeah, when, when KD started to kind of take his faith in a different way, I was around. So people were like, who's the, who's the random white guy? Right. Yeah. So you became a mysterious figure in basketball circles, a little like my friend Will Rod West. People are like, who's yeah. this guy? What does he want? What so, does he get out of it? Somebody actually tried to insult me one time by saying, you're like the white World Wide West. To which I was like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> it's like the, <laughs> the coolest thing anyone's ever said. Yeah. But I know Wes, and I'm not him. He makes way more money, and he's much more mysterious and cool. But yeah. So yeah, just a, if you get around certain people, they're going to make up stuff about you and just speculate. There are some similarities, though. Tell me. So... First of all, you're in it for the relationship. You're not actually trying to get something out of it. You're more like you, you've accumulated these relationships that mean a lot to you. Yeah. And you're there for the people, but you don't ask them for anything, which is the same thing. Wes is always like a, con- a conciliary big brother type, yeah. especially like last decade, but wasn't like, hey, cut me a check. Buy me a car. Like he was just kind of in it for the conciliary aspect of it and figured out everything else would work out. Yeah, I think I, I start kind of with one one foot back because most guys who do know pastors, they have been either taken advantage of or have a couple bad experiences. So a lot of guys are really hesitant to trust people on this level. So for me, not having an agenda is pretty cool. Like I, you know, we have a great church. I have a great family. And I don't, I wouldn't say I ask for nothing. Like I do ask for game shorts. I do take game free shorts. shoes all day. I love game shorts. I play in them. So I wouldn't say I asked for nothing. And I did ask one time for, I think it was KD, to somehow call the 2K people and boost my guy from the start. I don't know if you're a 2K gamer. I, I am. I'm retired. I'm in my, 40, so I, my I, late I, 40s. I, re, I turned 39 today. It's my birthday, by the way. Yeah. Happy birthday. So I still play video games. I'm not ashamed of that. But one time I was like, man, I don't have time to rank my guy up. And Kyrie has like an awesome ranking. I'm like, can you call somebody? K 
Kevin, can you call somebody? So I called the 2K people and they ranked my guy up. So any of your listeners that know how awesome that is in 2K, rather than yeah. being like the bum, my guy was like one of the legends on the court. So that was a perk, and I'm not ashamed of that either. So That's, pre- that's a pretty good one. But I think, my, yeah, my relationships with these guys is based on trust and, and just giving help when needed and not needing much. Yeah. So. Wait, tell, them, tell the audience how big your church is. We probably have maybe uh, nine, 10,000 people come on a weekend in New York. And where is it located? Uh, a block from MSG at the Hammerstein Ballroom. So how many people at one time in there? It depends on how, how, how we seat it. And it's like different services at different times have like standing room only or there'll be a little bit more space, maybe 2,000. Okay. Yeah. And we have a service in New Jersey as well. What was yeah. the tipping point moment when you went from basketball fan who just knew these guys as guys you watched on TV and saw in person versus you were involved in somebody's life? Good question. I think I think it was kind of natural because the really the first NBA guy or that level that I hung out with was Jay Williams, and we were playing basketball together, and we became friends. And I kind of forgot that he was Jay Williams, and then I realized, you know, moving forward, how how normal some of these guys are, and, and that we do have a unique lane. And Jay will, by the way, can still play. But I remember the, why we bonded because we almost got into a fight in the pickup game. You know, me more supporting him, and he was like, "Man, you're you're a pastor. That doesn't make any sense." I'm like, "You need to you need to broaden your church view because we are not <laughs> playing charity ball out here. It's God's will that we win, and we'll cheat to do it." So that so, resonates with people. So then, what? So then, what happens next? How do How do you all of a sudden have KD in your life? Uh, well, the KD relationship began because I knew one of the uh, the background staff guys at at Oklahoma, and I can't say his name because that. I don't want to get him in trouble because I don't know if OKC is okay with, you know, other guys reaching out. But uh, I met him. He knew, start following him from the airport. <laughs> he, um, he, he knew of our church and he just said, hey, um, some of our guys, you know, kind of know about what you guys are doing. Can you pray for him? To which I was like, yeah, I'd love to pray for him right now. And then they ended up coming out, him and Russell, later that night. And I met them both. And that was it. Just kind of hit it off of both of them. And uh, we stayed in touch. And the teams are automatically skeptical, scared. One hundred percent. But this if, you're, guy but if you're connected to like the biggest guy on the team, they can't do anything because there's yeah. a lot of weirdos in there. So I think some teams cut their losses with me. They're like, we don't trust you. We don't really know who you are. But we also, you know, maybe you, you, this would err on the side of being better than worse. So we'll give you a break. But yeah, but some teams are cool though. Like some teams are really they open the doors, and then other teams are just really skeptical. And that's funny to me. Because I'm like, I'm the last guy you need to worry about. Like, I'm definitely stealing stuff out of your equipment room. But yeah. Other than that, <laughs> Am I still I'm shorts? good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm taking shots and warm-ups if I can. But I used to do that in college. Like, my boys would come to the, the sideline, and right before that last buzzer, I would always roll the ball to the corner, and the dudes would come out and shoot. So I, I've, I've shot a couple on NBA courts, which is cool. Religion in the NBA has, has been a mixed bag over the years. And you even saw it with uh, yep. when Mark Jackson flamed out in Golden State. <laughs> all those stories came out after about that team got too religious and certain guys didn't like it and they're praying and yeah. doing all these things in the locker room and it split the locker room apart. Who knows how much of that is overblown, but how does re- mm. we know how religion fits in. You see it with football. And in basketball, yeah, basketball locker rooms are more melting pots. I mean, you're talking... Totally. You got, you get the black guys, you get the white guys, you have the black guys who came from the worst possible backgrounds, the right. guys who came from middle class. Then you have all these foreign dudes. Yes. The foreign and guys are awesome, though. Most of the time, they're, 
They awesome had, with the religious part or just, just in, in general? general. They're just, yeah. You know how Dirk, you have in your book how he like, uh, you know, amalgamated into like this hip hop German dude. Yeah, so with I, German, <laughs> hip hop German accent. Yeah. So I think a lot of the German guys I've found, like, you know, Bino's one of my one of my close friends. And they're just really, really good locker room guys. But yeah, it, it is a melting pot of religion and faith and, and weird beliefs. So yeah. Can you have faith in a locker room? You, I, everybody I mean, has, can you have collective faith? No. No, and it shouldn't be an issue. The problem is when somebody in an organization tries to force something. And I think in in Golden State, when Mark Jackson was there, he got a bad rap for that. I don't think that's the way it went down because David Lee is one of my great friends. Shout out to David Lee who's engaged. Yeah. Um, Oh, I'm excited for that engagement because I love when athletes marry each other. Well, imagine he married Wasnacki. Wasnacki? I I don't know. She's an awesome chick. I don't don't know how to pronounce her. Yeah, I'm just calling, calling her Mrs. Lee. Yeah, Mrs. F- future Mrs. Lee. But they're going to have a child that's going to be a dominant athlete. They're going to have a tall, athletic child yeah. with good hand-eye. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, Maybe I, a lefty, too. I, yeah, that would be even better. I don't think Golden State was as heavy-handed as it seems, but Mark Jackson's so charismatic that if he says, hey, y'all, we're going to church, it, you could take it as like not an option when Mark Jackson would mean it as an option so you get the whole team going, and then it just, you know, I think it was a bad... A bad narrative on that but yeah i just i don't think anything should be forced on anybody it's all right so take somebody like Kyrie, somebody you're close to yeah varying degrees of closeness because these guys have big lives but I yeah, think, yeah 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 um when do you get involved in his life and how does that work out completely need to know so i have a you know i always tell guys that i get to work with like hey, i'm here for you if you need me you don't have to respond to my texts you don't have to call me for anything i'm just here and sometimes guys will reach out when they need it and if they're going through stuff and yeah the rest is you know on them yeah so with kd do you get you you got to the point where you were involved with his whole decision in 2016 i think i was involved just because of proximity like involved meaning um talking to him and just hearing him out like had no hand in it there's some stuff that was written about me having a hand in even Kyrie's thing and i keep saying it's not like that like we're not back there I'm not good enough and smart enough. To I thought it was you and Bieber to, to convince them to go to leave yeah, the cast. Apparently, I have time to be an NBA agent and a tour manager. But no, with Kevin, I know I know what went into that decision. That was heart wrenching for him, and it wasn't callous. It was like the biggest deal ever, and he really did what was in his mind best for him. And it, it hasn't paid off yet. Also known as, of course, it did. He's a champion. Yeah, He's playing on the best team, maybe that we're going to see in a long time, and. I'm happy for him because a lot of guys do stuff out of pressure, which makes no sense. Loyalty to an organization, even though we know the moment these guys retire, yeah. loyalty means you get like a free seat and they honor you twice a year at midcourt. So I, I, I just think... Or you might become an announcer for the team. Maybe, at best. Yeah. And I think for him, it's like, bro, you got to maximize this window. You're never going to get it back. Make as much money as you can. Do what you want. Have fun. Because Kevin, what, he, he left Texas at 19 was drafted, thrown in the mix. It's like if you get if you get to any profession and have the right to write your own ticket, do that. Nobody gets to do that. So enjoy it. I think he did that. Yeah, we the first time we did a podcast, we argued about it. He's your unofficial co-host. I, I listen. Is since, this is this where he sits? Am I in this? No, chair? he's never been in here. We've always been. He he only plays home games on the podcast. That's big time. You're sitting where Charlize sat though. That That's makes a me holy happy. sofa now. <laughs> I feel the anointing. <laughs> But the thing with KD, though, I see it both ways. That you know, being a super competitive person, yeah, I get the side 
where people are like, that team beat him in the playoffs, and then he went and played with them. And those people who believe that are never going to be swayed from it. And I get it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm also like, I don't know, for some reason I just felt, and I've talked about this a million times, but, you know, the situation he was in in OKC, some of the moves they made, and just like what his life was like up to that point, the reason that he left actually really made sense to me. Yeah. And it, it did make me reevaluate how I felt about some of this other stuff. You know, I, I hated what LeBron did in 2010. Right. And now I look back at it and it's like, makes a little more sense. He mm. wanted to change. He saw Wade, not like a father figure, but like somebody who could be like his brother and he could go to war with. Yeah. And get Bosch and just start new somewhere else. He really wanted it. He'd been in the same place his whole life. You must, when you talk to some of these guys, the whole theme of them being trapped in a certain city yes. seems like it's a much bigger deal than we realize. I think that there was a rookie who just came out recently and he said, uh, the NBA life is so boring. Did you read that? It was very funny. Malik, uh, Monk. Malik Monk said that. And it was funny because they probably told him not to say that, but people forget, like, it's cool to get drafted and get money, but then you get into the real life grind. And the NBA life is like a, it's a tough one. It's tunnel, tunnel vision, the same place all the time, kind of just doing that same routine. And I think a lot of guys forget these, these are young men who want to live their life. And so if you get a chance to break out and do something new and free and got to do it. So I, I'm with you. I thought... We always look back at pioneers with like joy, but in the moment they're not pioneers. They're just like people who are complicated, right? So LeBron changed the game. A couple of years from now, we'll look back and be like, "Yeah, players should do what they want to do," but that wasn't cool back then. So I think I like this generation of guys having a little bit more control rather than an organization manipulating them or putting undue, you know, burden on them. I'm torn on it. I see it. I I think it's. Do you wish he would have stayed in OKC? KD. Yeah. So, no. I actually think he should have left. And I think the timing of it with this weird salary cap situation where it was basically this one year to go to the Warriors yeah. that made sense with the cap. No other year it would have worked. And it was this one year. And he wanted to go and change his life. Um, I wish he had gone to a different team. Mm. But as he pointed out when we argued about it, so if he goes to Boston, <laughs> he's not guaranteed to win a title there either. Yeah. I guess that's the part that that a lot of people got stuck on is they're so. Well, why does he already. have to? Yeah, why does he have to guarantee a title? That's not how competitiveness works. Yeah, that part I don't have an answer for. Yeah, I don't you think know? there. I don't think there are answers to that stuff. I think it's a personal thing for him, and you know. It is I will say though, the more time I've spent with him talking about this stuff, I really do think he cares about a higher level of basketball, and I think that was the most appealing thing to him is that he felt like the situation he was in was not a good basketball situation, that he wasn't growing as a player. He wasn't challenged. He was, it was a lot of one-on-one and just kind of like the basketball that sucked last decade. Mm. And it was, there was this level that he, I felt like he felt was out there. And yeah. he's been pretty candid about that. But yep. it's not much different than what happened with Kyrie. And I think people felt like Kyrie's crazy. Why would he leave LeBron? You, LeBron just made seven straight finals. But then you... If you really what if you watch Kyrie in these Celtic games, mm. if you listen to the quotes that he's had, right, it's clear that th- he's so happy right now. He's like, "This is what I was hoping was out here with this coach." Let's talk about I'm, Brad Stevens' brain. Yeah, yeah, I'm using all these parts of me that I always felt like I had, and I yeah. wasn't. 
And now, now he's bought in, and he's been a completely different player all around. Well, I think it's like a running back. I mean, if you, yeah, you can get four or five yard gains running through the tackles, but if you want to go to a team that runs screens, and you can dominate on that, to me, that was more Kyrie. He could be successful there, yeah. But he wanted to be in a different system, and I think he's got the. I think it's we're seeing that he's he's pretty. He gambled on himself. Yeah, it's. KD had an had an answer. I asked him, we did a mailbag one, the last podcast we did. And I asked him, you know, it was like, what's the hottest you've ever been or whatever? And then I asked, would you ever, could you have ever gone for 70 that. in a game? And he's like, I wouldn't do that. That's not, that's yeah, not that's a good not game. His, that's not his psyche. Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to make the best basketball play. The best basketball play almost never is to go for 70 points. Right. And what's interesting is watching Kyrie these last couple of weeks on the Celtics. He's had games. There's been a couple already when he could have gone for 55. Yeah. And he might have gotten it. He might have taken 35 shots or whatever. But he would never do that. He's like trying to make the right basketball play over and over again. He's good. He's so much fun I think to watch. some guys are like that. Yeah. I think LeBron, you know, when LeBron went for 57 against Washington this season, yeah. um, last week, not typical for him. He kind of felt like he had to. His had to team was playing like crap. So... Hmm. Um, I think for some of these guys, the basketball destiny part of it really does seem important. And I'm sure you've heard that, right? Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, guys want to be thought of well. They want to get their, their name in the history books. They just, I mean, people forget these dudes are the top 1% of this craft. And, you know, that stuff matters to them a lot. Yeah. I think, by the way, I think LeBron is looking really good. I don't know if people have seen, if you, have you seen him play live this year? No, I haven't seen him play live, but I've watched on TV, and he's just like athletically is starting to feel like Shackish, and I mean that as a compliment. Like exactly well said. He's in in twelve feet and in on the basket. He's become really kind of unstoppable. And but the really precise moves, like his yeah. euro, isn't trying to get around a guy as much as it is to I just might clip you as well. And right, you're gonna go through the backside. I'm talking about big guys. I saw them lose to the Nets the other night. You know, live and in color. I just could not believe how fluid he is. But I also saw him pregame standing on this like core. He, the yoga thing. Haverstor he, wrote about that. Yeah, yeah. He, he's these little doing, yoga bubbles. He's ahead of the game with his. He, 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 honestly, he could be like uh, you know how Rashid kind of developed later on. Just in the, he could play any position for yeah. five, six more years if he wants. He could just be a post guy. And yeah, never run again. there's a whole Carl Malone chapter of his career that we might be about to enter. I'm I'm up for it. I'm where up. he's just a lot of like half court post up, but then also running point guard out breaks. Interesting about Kyle Korver because they, they were in town. I caught up with him, who's just a legend. He you would love him on this. He's got a million awesome perspectives. But he was saying the biggest difference playing with LeBron is where he used to be able to catch the ball. And he has to live like this because he's like LeBron throws fireballs. Right. So he's had to adjust to, because he's always been the, an amazing shooter, but whereas maybe he could do this, like with LeBron, you just never know when he's going to do that. I've never seen anybody since Magic make that, like when he looks this way and he guns that thing. Yeah. Kyle Korver said, that's been new. It's like cause the ball comes right there. So you got to have that. Split so he's probably in some gym testing it. Yeah, he's sitting there with like dial, dialing. It is cool it. how he keeps making, he keeps adding stuff to his game this yeah. late. Like when he had the 57 against DC, I went and looked it up immediately because I was like, has anybody in year 15 ever had a game like that? It's like nobody's come close to No way. With, with the rebounds and the points and the efficiency that he had in that game. It's completely uncommon. But we're seeing this in football too with Brady. Yeah. And in the old days, we would just suspect like pds or something but now it seems like 
you see all the stuff these guys are doing off the court and actually is more logical. Like, yeah, there's LeBron standing on these little yoga bubbles and he's yep. working out for four hours in the morning. Like he's pretty sure Kobe was onto some of this. We were making fun he was. of him, sleeping in hyper hyperbaric chambers and doing weird doing weird things and Yeah. But yeah, I think I think that- the thing is if Kobe hadn't snapped his Achilles, I think he could have kept going. The problem is once you're knocked out of it, yeah. You can't your body can't come back to where it was. You know what I mean? That's what all the guys I know that are getting older say. They're like, it's not the game as much as it is the game after. Yeah. And it's not the workouts, it's like the the fifth workout in July, late August right. that you're like, Man, I just don't feel like you know, as people young are as saying, that's to. why your basketball game slipped a little. It hasn't slipped. You're that's just the not, thing. You're I, not. Your I've never been better than good. I am right now. You're really I, your peak. You're like LeBron. I are you standing like, on yoga bubbles? Yeah, I do. I do it all. I feel like I have gotten better, and it's it's. I have I played a couple times with NBA guys, and I last approximately two minutes and, and mysteriously sub myself out. So like when Melo had those runs a couple years ago. Oh, the hoodie Melo. This is before hoodie oh. Melo. This is like when. Terminal 23 was a Jordan gym, and yeah. I was in there. I played one whole game, pick up one time. I had Andre Drummond on my team, and I did what everyone logically would do, which is feed the ball to Drummond, and he was awesome. But the problem is guarding anybody. Yeah. Like, you can survive if you can shoot, maybe, but once they sniff out that, like, hey, who's this guy? And they clear out, and then you just, then you're embarrassed forever, you know, on somebody's phone. So I'm always like, ah, you know, my, my hamstring, somebody get me. But yeah, you can be Kyle Korver until you're... Kind of. I, I was, till my mid four, like about 44. I can't, I had this whole... I don't hear you talking about playing a lot of pickup Well, because I'm retired now. I'm old. You really hungry? I up? might come back. Well, I may make one comeback next year. But yeah, you can survive if you understand basketball from an IQ standpoint and you know where to go, what to do, what not to do. And if you have you friends. You can keep going. If you have friends out there. Like yeah. If you have friends looking out for People you. People you played if, with. If, they don't, if you don't know anybody, they will eat you alive. I've seen like rappers come out and in their mind, because you know rappers in their mind, they're, yeah. they're good at everything. This is these aren't your boys. No one thinks you can play, and they just eat them alive. It's awesome. Yeah. There are some rappers that can play though. Are you involved at all in that uh, that weird underground summer pickup scene? It feels like you are. My friend Chris Brickley, yeah, is the generator of it, and yes. he is my he is my. Let's boy. talk about this. Um, Chris is. A guy who kind of does what I do, except for on the basketball side. So he's got a lot of trust with guys, and he's so he's so good at what he does. A lot of guys gravitate towards him, and it just happened where everyone's looking for a, play, a place to play pickup. Nobody wants to play with average guys, and and they're all in town for Fashion Week. And I think Chris just maximized the moment. Shout out to my book on the moment. Um, yeah, and he has he has access to all these guys. So I saw all those games, and it was awesome. How they decide. I've I'm never heard sure LeBron. Adequate... I think LeBron and KD probably picked them, and Chris had something to do. I thought with Brickley it. was the one who made. Yeah, the teams. Chris would have, but I'm sure he's going to check with those two guys. I don't have facts on that, but um, yeah, I don't know who picked the teams, but they were good teams. There's always a random dude who plays overseas that you forgot about. I doubt yeah. they're killing because he's got something to prove. Yeah, he's with a big giant chip on his shoulder. Right, and then the NBA guys pick up their pace a little bit, and it gets really. Most of the games were were pretty good, pretty intense. All right, so if we say the Bottom shelf intensity is the all-star game. Yes, the, the bottom, bottom. The next rung is summer league. Next rung is preseason. And next rung is 
like a really boring regular season game in like New Orleans in front right. of nine thousand people. Where do these We're games shift rank? it to the right and say it's its own thing? Because I think guys work on one specific thing. So LeBron will go out there and go. I, from what I can see, I think maybe they're they're not trying to. I know with Melo, one one day he was just working on this post move. So no matter where he was. He, wouldn't, he wasn't shooting a lot of threes. He just kept going down to the post and doing the same thing over and over. And I think hmm. some of those guys in the summer, they're like, I'm not going to bust my butt right now, but I'm going to work on this. So LeBron work on a step back or whatever. But it's intense because those guys are proud. Yeah. So they might try to act cool, but when it gets down to it, they're What proud. kind of shit talking is going on? It's, it's, more my, it's more respectful. It's nobody really going at it unless Russell's involved. If Russell's there, it seems like everybody, because Russell doesn't care who you are. Yeah, what's he would play in flip flops, you know, and and try to win, but I think most of the time I didn't <laughs> see any like real anybody young out there gets definitely no respect. It's very funny. They might try to pretend to call a ball, and the people would be like, like didn't even happen. Um, KD said Carmelo went through a phase where he was just calling every cheap foul if he didn't make the shot he'd call the foul late and it would be him and Dante problem. Dante Jones who yeah. is out there he's a monster out there yeah but they'll, they'll go at people for sure they'll go at people I'm surprised they let Dante Jones in that game well I mean he means business so I think you need people that are going to play D and not have to have the ball all the time uh, but he's he's a, he's a huge asset because he goes at it all the time they had that rookie or a guy who's at Kentucky this year I think some giant dude yeah but you see some guys who you're like, wow, you know right away you're going to be something special. And you see other guys, you could tell they got a couple years before they have the heart to be able to Can you see, like, all that alpha dog stuff kind of? All day. All the seeds are there, right? All day. Yeah. I see it. Yeah. Because, like, Westbrook, to me, doesn't seem like he can play basketball any other speed than the speed he's at. No. If he's in the all-star game, he's at that speed. It yeah, and matter. he's looking at everybody else like they're crazy. Russell's yeah. like, I'm getting 50. I'm getting, right. I'm getting the MVP. If you want to be Joe Cool, that's fine. But I'm going to go ahead and get 50. And and I don't care if anybody likes it. And I love that about Russ, by the way. Cameras? No Do they cam- take all the phones? No cameras. LeBron has a lot of dudes that roll with him. Like he has some heavy, heavy hidden security. So there'd be like these sweet little people who live in that building and they'd be like, yeah. No cameras, you know, and some lady just like walk into her apartment and uh, you know, he has to go away in shame. But yeah, there there's not a lot of phones in there. Chris edited all those and had his guys get the photos that people saw. I no, got a couple. But no money? No money. No. They don't play like 211, not two, the, two grand a person? Not that I know of. Venmo, LeBron's Venmoing Carmelo money afterwards? <laughs> not that I know of. I don't, think, I don't think they had any money on that stuff. What is the ideal number of an entourage for these guys? Whether it's Bieber or Carmelo or whoever. It depends on what stage of the career. Oh, so, I like this. What's that mean? I think early on in the career, you have a lot of guys around you because you don't know what to do. And you don't know who to trust. You don't know where to go. So you have a, like a lot of. So friends. you trust the dudes that liked you when you didn't have anything. They a lot of guys have mixed loyalty. So a lot of guys will say, if you're with me from the beginning, you're with me for life. Yeah. And I always tell guys like loyalty is about a principle, not a person. So if the person sticks with the principle that got them there, cool. But if they don't, you, being loyal doesn't mean letting the guy that's been with you from day one continue to fleece you and steal and put you in bad positions. So a lot of guys have to learn that the hard way. Like, but that's my guy. He's been with me forever. Yeah, he's been terrible forever. Yeah, it's that, like, guy, that guy's been with you forever with his hand yeah, out. If he doesn't change with your growth, he's got to go. And a lot of guys make that decision. Um, it seems like for my... I wouldn't say I have limited experience because I've crossed a lot of paths at this point. 
pretty sure. That's an understatement. Um, You're kind of like not your as, own guy, though. You not as this. many as you. No, I'm on my own, my own guy, but I'm just saying from what I've seen with the, with the Hoopers. Yeah. They like to have their dudes, and it's usually two or three yep. from back home. Yep. And you know whether back home is like high school or like college, AAU yeah. or college, but there are these two or three people. They just trust those guys. Yep. And they don't, everybody else is regarded suspiciously until Takes a while. they cross. Like KD has Rich, who's like his, Rich Kleiman, who's yeah. like his dude now. Yeah. I'm sure there was a there was a feeling out period where he's like, I'm not sure with this guy. I like this guy, but yeah. And over the course of time, he became a guy. Well, Kevin Kevin is a trusting guy, so I think with Rich, who's just a, an awesome guy, he was he was quick to give give trust. But Kevin's had some guys he's had his whole life that he just trusts, and you could tell those guys are different than the hangers on. There's some guys who genuinely love these guys, and they're like, I don't care right. if you're rich or not, I'm your guy. Anything you need. And there's other guys who they love the life. You know, you could tell. They right. love it. And if that were to change, I don't know if they'd be around. So So like how deep is LeBron's entourage now? Because he's got bodyguards and stuff too. LeBron is like a professional corporate mogul. I mean, he just he runs he's got the tightest crew, tightest camp I've ever seen in my life. Like I Everybody's got a job. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you don't if you don't produce and you're not like a, if you don't help his image. He does, and I think it's smart. I don't. I don't think you're going to be able to be around LeBron for a while. So you never see LeBron in tabloids. You never see him in trouble. You never see him, and partly because he he lives a pretty solid, clean life. But the other thing is, he's got guys that represent him well. Yeah, LeBron, considering when he became famous and all the pressure he's been under, he's done awesome. He really has. It's unbelievable. And I know we're I in an NBA culture where no one likes to give credit to anybody, but my gosh, has LeBron changed the game? It should have gone a lot worse. A lot worse. Yeah. I'm trying to think of... I mean, the dumbest thing he did was the decision. Yep. I still think that was stupid. I don't think him leaving was stupid, but I think him yeah, like, doing who, it as a TV show was just really callous to the yeah. Cleveland fans. It's still indefensible. Yeah, and I see that in my profession a lot, where you'll see a, a, a guy, a big-time pastor, say something... Well, you know it's not them, but you're like, who told you that that was going to go over well? And I think that happens with uh, NBA guys all the time. But like somebody like Westbrook, he's not a huge entourage guy. He like he no, he's he has married. no entourage. Yeah, he he's his, married. His he does dad. something. Have you ever seen his dad? His dad's ripped, right? Yeah, his dad looks like he's 37. Yeah, and uh, his mom is incredible. His little his brother Ray, who is awesome, he's at everything. But I'm pretty sure Russell's entourage includes Ray and his wife. He doesn't. He's that kind of guy where he's like, "I'm good. I don't need. I don't need friends. Right. I don't care if you like." He's him happy or not. in Oklahoma City. But he's also. Have you talked to him? Have you had him on this couch yet? No, he doesn't like me. I don't think he. I, he doesn't I like. He did, him, him and KD were mad about the Harden trade stuff. Because I'm not taking credit for. Call this, me but crazy, I'm, but I was on national television um, talking about how stupid it was to trade James Harden. I don't know. I it was to, one I of my wacky bat, I went to bat for you before Kevin liked you. I know Rich. <laughs> Rich might try to take credit for this link. Rich takes credit. Rich, I publicly defy that. Katie was like, the maddest about the Harden stuff. But I remember, like, looking, it's my job to talk about this stuff. But you weren't necessarily wrong, and I, I definitely was not wrong. But you know, I mean, guys get attacked so much that they're quick to hate all media guys but I think with any well, think, criticism see if it's true first step to any criticism before you get mad see if there's any truth to it well I think with that one it 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 was it hurt it actually was too close to home yeah and now that we've done these podcasts in the fourth mailbag one Katie talked about 
the Harden trade is like the biggest what if of his career. He never would have admitted that two years ago. But yeah. it is crazy that they these three guys like Harden. We're taping this on a Monday. Harden had fifty six points on twenty five shots last night. He's on the same team with Westbrook and Durant. It's 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 shocking to think about. Do you think they could have survived though with those three guys being? I don't know. I I think. I think they would have had to take different forms that yeah. might not have been as good for their ultimate destiny. But that includes that's three person humility. I don't know if that's it's happened. happened. On the, at that level, it's happened. Like you saw it. I mean, it's ha- you have to go way back. Yeah, well, it's called, you'd have to go back to like Russell Celtics and stuff like that. Those days don't count. Yeah, those we, days don't count. <laughs> these, I don't know. You've seen it on the Dream Team. Yes, you've never seen it. Over the course of a whole season and over the course of multiple seasons, you know? Yeah. You're it's right. tough. Basketball, this is why I love the stats, but at some point the stats only go so far. Yeah. Because there's still this whole other part of basketball that people don't account for. Like, all right, Westbrook won the MVP last year. I didn't think he should have, but yeah. he was a candidate. Yeah. I would have not put him below the top three. But now you look at yeah. Cantor leaves, he goes to New York. All of a sudden, he's he's an asset again. Yeah, Oladipo leaves, gets in better shape. So not all that's on Westbrook, but goes to this team. He's empowered. He's playing better. Sabonis looked like a bozo last year. Like he yeah. looked like a complete bust, Big and is now an above average starting center. And it's you got to look back at that and you go, did Westbrook? Westbrook was the MVP, but did he make those guys better? No, the it's, situation made him better. I think what you're astute at pointing out a lot that if you're not like you know on the inside of the NBA, you miss tone and vibe, like vibe of a team. Like so, if a team gets a win, watch them walk to the bench. Like you can find out so much in right. interactions. Like so, you got to win, but you know this dude has hit three in a row, and a teammate should clap. Teammate's still shaking his head, looking at his boy in the stands. You know that's something you can't you can't statistically. Some of that's set from the coach too. It's the coach and the best player. Absolutely. Like Stevens with the Celtics, the guys. Your minutes might get yanked around, whatever, but you look over the bench, they're all locked in. It's culture. All, yeah. It's, it's culture all day long, and coaches set that. And like, they're not having it at well, Steven Jackson, who's a legend. He, he gets you know, removed from the team. I think that's pretty heavy. And that, that's, that's San Antonio culture. It will not accept anything less than you know, the best. Right. You think so. you're as good as Kawhi. You're not. You have to go. Yep. I know Kevin has said some coaches would tell him ahead of time, hey, you know, I'm going to say this, this, and that in front of the guys. And then come out and do it. And then it's like, I, I think players respect. I, all I've ever heard about Steve Kerr is he treats you exactly the same everywhere. So if he's going to chew you out, it's going to be in front of people. If right. he's going to praise you, it's going to be in front of people. That sets a tone of accountability. He learned that from Popovich and Phil, though. Yeah. Those are the guys for that. Phil Jackson? Huh? Phil Jackson? Well, he had Phil, the good ver- Phil Jackson. Good Phil. Chicago Phil Jackson was the good Phil Jackson. I agree. I think Lakers one got a little... Uh, Got a little full of himself and got a little little bit of Kobe Shackism. Well, the thing with that team though, that's the all time, the all time. Uh, I'm trying to think of the combustible yes. chemistry combo. Yeah, two guys that were just wired not to like each other if they played together, and they happened to play together during the. Have primes. you ever pointed out the triangle offense myth though? Like I, I just don't it's think not, it, they it's, never really stuck to it when it actually mattered. Michael Jordan, they didn't, but every time the the triangles work, they've he's had one of the greatest players of all time. It doesn't if they can't work outside of that sample size, I'm not buying it. I watched the Knicks try to run the triangle for four years. Well, the spirit of it, Phil uh, Steve Kerr has tried to do with the Warriors. He's taken little pieces of it. Yeah, exactly. He basically wants everyone to touch the ball, which is what the triangle is. Yeah. 
the triangle is, is not only is everyone going to touch the ball, but you're going to obey these specific rules. You will function in this orbit. But it doesn't work in the three-point shooting era. Now you have teams shooting 30, 43s a game. And Correct. I don't know. Can, can you have two alpha dogs in the same team? I don't know anymore. I used to think so. But in Golden State, it's kind of proven they do. Um, I think Steph and KD are the closest you can get to having two alpha dogs. You put Draymond in there. I think Draymond's his own kind of dog. I don't know if you can label him. I would him. say Draymond's the, I would say he's the alpha dog. Yes, but I do I think... I don't think Steph and KD are wired like alpha dogs. I still think your best player, like as much as I love Kawhi, like I feel like your best player has to be the biggest, strongest leader in the NBA. I do. I yeah. think at the end of the day, that's, that's who the guys listen to. So I think when it comes to... Golden State's got the best of all worlds. They have Draymond, who's the biggest culture carrier. And they got Steph and KD, who are pretty good leaders in their own right. So now you've got three. And Clay's probably, he's just quiet. Clay's just a chill dude, but he could be if he needed to be. But I haven't seen in the NBA in this era. I'm interested to see John Wall and Bradley Beal. What's going to happen there? I th- I, I'm very suspect of that one. What's going to happen there? Like, I think it seems like it's going okay, but I don't know. You know at some point, someone has to go, I'm okay to, to play the B side tonight. I almost feel like the whole concept of alpha dogs is morphing into something else because, like, I don't feel like KD and Curry are traditional quote-unquote alpha dogs, but what makes them great, among all the other things, they know exactly who they are as basketball players. Well said. They have no illusions. They're like, I'm good. I just want to win. I want to make the right play. Yep. If I get hot, I'm going to ride it. Yeah. I love I love playing basketball. You the when, problems are yeah. when the guys don't... Like, John Wall... Yeah, I don't think he totally knows who he is yet. Yeah, let Bradley shoot that thing in the corner. Yeah, you saw that other game where he was wide open and he kind of and he did take it on himself. But to me, it just the, makes you better. The worst thing that ever happened to John Wall was when he made that three pointer and jumped on the table that game. Yeah, because I don't think he's a great three point shooter. He's not good. And then the half court, not as good either. I love John Wall. I think he's amazing. I think when he when he realizes that with a minute to go, down one. Get the ball to Bradley Beal. Yeah, this is what's going to help us win. Bill He's Winnington. better than I am at this one thing. That's Steve when Kerr, get there. John Paxson. Who are yeah. these guys? These are little spot up guys. Didn't make Michael Jordan any less, you know. Yeah, to hit the wide open guy. But yeah, I think that that seems to me like a more traditional alpha dog struggle down the road because Beal's going to just keep getting better and better, and at some point those guys are going to look at each other. I noticed it with Lillard and uh, C.J. McCollum. Lillard hit a big three, and I was looking at the tape trying to. The the Blazers are jumping over on Lillard, and I'm looking like, where's CJ? I always look for that too. And I I didn't see him, and now he might have been on the other side of the court. It might have been a fluke, but I, but I don't know. I always look for that stuff. It's like, yep. was CJ happy that he made that? I don't know. He better be. Yeah, he better be. It's it's the NFL receiver thing. You know, you won by 20, but you only had two catches. What's that malcontent going to do in the locker room? Same concept. So for me, it's that's where where our thing is a big deal because if, if your faith is where it should be, you should want other people to do well. Ultimately, everybody does better, but it's just not like that, unfortunately. I don't know. Dame Lillard, uh, that song he has with Lil Wayne is really good. He's a good he's a I good think rapper. that's a really... The, the Dame Lillard being a good rapper is one of the craziest things that happened in 2017. They played that song that I was watching the Blazers OKC yeah. game and they came out of commercial and played it because Lil Wayne was there. I was like, it's just a great tune. He's good. He's really good. I'm, it's really I'm, good. Yeah. He could KD be the Bo Jackson. Too. KD can rap. Haven't heard the KD. Shump can rap. Shump? You heard Shump stuff? Yeah. Amon Shumpert. Tommy's nodding. Okay. I think Amon Shumpert's great. Um, yeah. 
That's a, I, I can't. I, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't know who Jalen. Yeah. Jalen Brown. Uh, yeah. The smartest basketball player in the league. You think so? Well, I'm, wor- I'm worried. He. I think he's going to head toward that road. There's going to be people writing stories about how smart he is, and it's like that does not fly in the locker rooms. You guess what? Guess what? You don't want to be is the self-proclaimed smartest guy in basketball. Yeah. That's not going well. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Do you agree with my philosophy that I wrote about in the book, which you claim to have read? No, I know you read it. I have. Uh, hold on. I have footnotes in my book. It's an ode to you. I have it in there. Thank you. And no one's ever done it. I can't believe I'm the first guy to copy it, but I give credit to you. I copied it from David Foster Wallace. I don't know who that is or yeah, care. He's I copy one Bill of the Simmons. greats. <laughs> I copy Bill Simmons. I read ESPN.com. I don't know who that guy is. Do you, <laughs> do, you, uh, do you agree with my premise that 99% of NBA beefs are about cards or women or money? That's not a premise. That's a reality. Cards, women, or money. That's one not of those a premise. three things. It's not even a question. Has there ever been a beef that didn't involve one of those three things? Uh, you have to add shots. Like bad shots taken. Oh, like shot selection. Over a course of a year leads to an explosion. Interesting. I actually have a funny... There's another thing also due to misuse screens. So I know a lot of big guys. And after a while, when you have a gunner, like I've seen guys like set screen after screen, and then the guy will come back at a timeout and be like, yo, set me a screen. I ain't setting you no more screens because you keep taking dumb shots. And the guy's always bigger. <laughs> That's my favorite fight, and it happens all the time because these guys are always demanding yeah. the screens, right? So these big dudes who have been busting their butt, haven't touched the ball in nine games, and they finally set that last one. The dude doesn't even use it. He misses a shot. They score a timeout, and they're running back, and the score starts to come at the big guy, and the big guy's like, nah. I'm setting you no more screens. And they'll leave them out to dry. Seen it yeah. a million times. Gortat got that way in the Wizard Celtics series. The Polish he was Hammer? so mad. Polish Hammer was so mad. Greatest tattoo in the game. He was again. The, afterwards, he had the whole crazy quotes about, Yeah. all I do is set screens. I <laughs> can do more. <laughs> you, first of all, you can't. You set great screens, and yeah. you look like a cartoon. He does set some good screens, though. Yeah, he does. What yeah. locker room over the last 15 years do you wish had called in Pastor Carl to try to heal other than Shaq and Kobe which is the obvious that's where answer. I was going I they could have used you in that Wizards locker room during the Gilbert Arenas era if I'm not like. trying to get shot in any locker room yeah. I'll tell you that right now um, I love Jesus but I'm not dying in an NBA <laughs> locker room as a bystander I feel like anytime there's like a it's frustrating when you see things that are straight pride related because yeah. pride is something we all have to fight and anytime I see something, there's some things that are just not going to work. And it's like, don't even, I want nothing to do with your locker room. You got to trade guys. Yeah. But there's sometimes when the team is so close, like we had a really good team in New York with JR, Tyson, Mello, Jay Lynn coming through. Like we had something. And if you're there and you saw it, you knew, but and Amari was there. And there just was so many things floating around where guys wouldn't die to maybe their own cause over the long course of a season and it leads to disunity so there's you got a, a different eight competing agencies oh my god pitting guys against each other and it's new york and so coaches everyone, and it york. magnifies everybody's desire to be a star so that's what new york will do to you as we are recording this the knicks have given their fans hope for the first time since that carmelo season you just mentioned and porzingis went to another level Porzingis is a baller. Frankie Smokes, the rookie point guard. That's what we call him. I'm a Dennis Smith guy, so he's got to show me so much. And I well, unlike believe... Dennis Smith, Frankie Smokes plays defense. I'm not interested in defense <laughs> in any way. I don't, I'm not going to MSG to watch somebody lock up. Well, you got Porzingis see... winning the scoring title. You need you need I know. a well-rounded team. No, he does seem like he's going to be a great player. I actually like him. I mean, I'm in. I was I wasn't wrong on him because I didn't know anything about him. I I, I love Monk. Yeah. 
Um, but him and Markkinen, the finisher with two ends. Yeah, I mean, both we, seem like their players. It seemed like a great draft. I'm nervous because leadership starts from the top down, and I don't know James Dolan, but I'm really hoping he keeps on letting people make decisions. I don't even know who's making the decisions right now. Steve Mills. Oh, Steve. Mills. Is that is he definitely the decision guy? I don't know. Was it his decision to give Tim Hardaway $80 million or whatever? No, if it was a bad decision, I don't put it on Steve. If it's okay. a good one, put it I on give Phil him credit. Jackson. Yeah I, get, yeah, I can do whatever I want. So I'm just going to say everything that was bad was Phil. And, you know, Steve's going to bring us a new day. Alan Houston's involved. He's awesome. But other than that, I don't, I don't know. I just hope they keep making just even logical decisions is okay with me. We don't have to make good ones. But logical, logical like. Don't trade Porzingis. That was like they pulled that off. Yep, they pulled that off. Maybe we shouldn't trade the seven foot three guy who could score thirty a game yeah, if we were tough. And all he does is play ball. Yeah. Like you're not going to see Porzingis out on the town in New York yeah. being ridiculous. Like he plays ball. He's kind. He's humble. His brother is his only entourage guy, and they just are really simple, awesome people. So I hope we keep him forever. What's the biggest entourage you've seen without naming a name? <laughs> Have we gone over twenty with an NBA player? Uh... I yeah, it's tough. It depends on the situation, but some of the guys that we've mentioned on this podcast are already um, have giant entourages. But they're good with it though. They only if they go to if you go see an NBA guy in a club, that whole section is their crew. But normally, you know, I think they that era is over a little bit because just too much can, can go wrong. What about uh, musicians versus NBA players in the entourage side? Musicians have to have more, right? Musicians have more. They're definitely not as cool. Like, I think NBA guys have cooler entourages. Right. But Definitely musicians. more weed in the entourages, I would guess. Yeah. JB in his heyday had some crazy entourages. What, was it, what year are we talking? Uh, maybe like a couple 13, years ago. 13, 14? No, no, I mean, he's like 23 now. Like, a couple years ago, he just... Everybody loves Justin. Like, I, I did a chapel with the Steelers one time. Yeah. And he was with me, he was staying with me at the time. I brought him. And every Steeler wanted to hang out. And... Talk to him, and then Terry Bradshaw gets on next day, and he's like, "I can't believe they let Justin Bieber into a chapel," and just starts going off. And he had nothing to do with it; he was just rolling with me. Yeah. But I've never seen somebody be, you know, that universally loved. Guys love JB. That's weird because the perception is that he's way more polarized than that. Yeah, for sure. But as we know, perception is often really far from reality. Remember that week when you convinced Kyrie to leave Cleveland and Bieber to, (laughs) to quit his tour the same week? Yeah, it was a big week, Bill. What was was it? Where did you guys have breakfast where you said, hey, guys, here's what I'm thinking? I said, guys, here's what I want to do. I feel like we don't get enough Scientology rumors. So (laughs) if you guys could make giant, colossal decisions and just allude to the weird, random guy that runs a church that people don't know about in detail, that that would help me out. So I enjoyed that, that cycle of news that week, let me tell you. It was great. You didn't enjoy it. Not really, because you can't answer all of them. And after yeah. a while, it's like, no, no, we didn't, we didn't brainwash this guy. No. So no. now you're like a religious quack. Well, I know that that would be that that would be like the negative. I don't mind when, when the does it become get, when you become pigeonholed by like fake stuff. I'd rather be mysterious and weird. Yeah. Than just answer everything. So some people are like, yeah, you know, you guys at your church, you guys have like different levels of entry. We're like, yeah, for sure. How many people come to your church? I heard it's like a hundred thousand. We're like, yep, sure. <laughs> All NBA players have to run their contracts by you? Maybe. You just answer random stuff. So it's just, it's not as spectacular as people think, but it is cool. It is fun to be a part of that. I just love basketball. So it's like my fun, that's something you'll appreciate. In Kevin, early days, we were talking about 
if you don't have to be a soft Christian on the court, right? Because a lot of guys are like, I don't want anything to do with faith. That's why Jeff Van Gundy hated chapels. You know that story? No. Despised the Knicks having chapel because he felt like it was the wrong mentality for them to oh, have. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you, there's some stories about it because that's why the Knicks are like, you know, they're very interesting with the chapel thing. But um, I was telling Kevin, you know, like, because you're a Christian doesn't mean you can't be a killer on the court. And I was like, matter of fact, you know, next time you dunk on somebody, let's let's do something cool. Like, do like a praying hands thing and like a slit the throat. Like, we'll kill him now, pray for him later. And he took it literally, oh, does no. it, yeah. gets fined 25 Yeah. 100% my fault. I turn on first take the next day, Skip Bayless is like, this guy says he's a Christian. And now he's doing slow, you know, throat cutting thing. And I just felt so bad, but it was also kind of awesome. Kevin still thinks I owe him 25 grand. Yeah. And I'm paying it, you know, someday. He'll, he'll be fine. I thought it was the he funniest thing to see him do that. And he just, it was like an awesome play. Did the slow, the throat slash praying hands. And, you know, I so I'm responsible for that fine. Football seems to, like the sport where there's the most... The cloud of religion, and I don't mean that black cloud. Like, just the cloud is kind of always lingering over the games. Anytime somebody gets hurt, they all get in the prayer circle. They pray after the game. NFL like it, chapels are very somber. You can tell dudes are like, if you wanted to, you could manipulate it. Very like, hey, if you're in here, God's going to protect there's you. There's a fear of physical safety that goes with football. That yeah, basketball, football, really the have. urgency's different because yeah. basketball, you signed your contract, you got a four year, thirty million deal. You're good. You could, you don't care. Yeah, football, you can you cannot have a job the day after. So guys are very, or you could be getting wheeled out on the injury cart. Yeah, you can, you can, you can do some serious damage. So I, I think there's a couple. Some NFL chapels are a lot of fun. Others are really quiet and chill. That has a lot to do with the quarterback. Best chapel I've ever been to, Chicago Bears, because of Josh McCown, who's like one of the best leaders still to this day that I know. But he's a gatherer, and I went into that chapel and I was like, my gosh, it was packed. Because most NFL chapels you got maybe 10, 15 guys. But this was packed. Met Brandon Marshall there. Still like a lifelong friend. Just an eclectic group of guys, but it all comes back to the leadership. Also, you need... There's there's a religious element to the speeches that either the guy gives before the game. Yes. Seamus Winston, they had one yesterday. It was a disaster. He gave like this... The w, was, eating his it fingers. It was the most the awkward w. thing I've ever seen. Yeah, that The was, guys were like, cool. Let's, <laughs> that's where it goes bad. End this quickly. Yeah. yeah. But um, some of them are good. And then the post-game ones... Yep. I love, like, I love Sounds of the Game on NFL Network. I always tape that. I always watch it to make sure too. there's not a good post game. Some of them are great. Some of the coaches, you're convinced that this is like 80% how they got hired because yes. their speeches were good after the games. Yeah. Yeah, I would hire Tim Tebow just to address the team. Like, if, if I yeah. was a coach, I would have that guy in every locker room because that's his gift, you know? We don't have that in basketball as much as that, right? No. Guys don't. Guys don't. I mean, unless Popovich is talking about Trump, you're not hearing right. a lot of fiery speeches. I don't know. I think it's because of the, the long season. After a while, you want to save your voice a little bit. But, you know, Doc Rivers with the uh, Celtics had a theme that he hammered home. Ubuntu. Yep. That's it actually classic. worked. Of course it did. I mean, we almost lost to the Hawks in round one, but it did work. But any message you do repeatedly becomes culture, and coaches don't realize that. So if you yeah. have a nice thing to say once a year, but you're always that jerky, manipulative coach, that's your culture. But Doc's stuck with that theme. and you know, It helps when you have KG, Pierce, and Ray Allen desperate to win a title. Doc's like, I have this idea for Ubuntu. They're like, fine, whatever. You're a big KG fan, right? I am. I think he's, I think he's one of like the great teammates of all time. 
Yep. I would I would say he's in the top four or five or whatever list. Russell would be one, and then after that, whatever else the list is, KG's got to be the Kendrick next four. Kendrick Perkins picked up all those traits. Yeah. By the way, that's why Kendrick Perkins should got, should have been kept by the Cavs. I agree. He would have helped you, out you, a lot of the stuff. Those guys are ir- Mike Miller's like that. Like that's why he's he was you know almost to this year just playing because you have to have that guy in the locker room. Mike Miller has saved more team chemistry moments than probably. And he's like the guardian. Remember that movie? With the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be Mike Miller. Not only can he still get it done, but that guy can talk anybody into putting their shoes back on, going back out to the bench. It sounds like out. a team should hire should sign you. The Cavs should have signed you to a minimum. <sighs> I think they I mean, You could have just you could have been in the corner with your hand up and then you really could have done all your magic David, off the David court. Griffin is a friend. He's awesome. I don't know the new guy. But um yeah, sometimes I get a chance to help with some culture stuff, but it is cool. What's the biggest misnomer about NBA players? Oh, man. Great question. Thanks. I think biggest misnomer? Um, I, I think because media is so good now, there aren't many. Like, it used to be they don't listen to media. They do. Yeah. Um, well, they have too much spare time. Biggest misnomer, though, I think, is that these guys are really they're really good people. I think the the, the perception... That's why I don't agree with necessarily what Stephen A. I what, what his hoodie comments were taken as. I think he was more talking about like sometimes the perception of NBA guys is that they're just bigger than life and they're just these guys that don't you know care about stuff that's deeper. I haven't found that to be true of any of them that I know. I mean these guys care. They're really good people. They're just in a tough job. Like if you're famous and rich at 20, good yeah. luck trying to be a good person. Right. So the fact these guys are you know doing as well as they are. Is, is amazing to me. So that, the biggest misnomer is that these guys are just basketball players. I think they're... they're you missed really your calling because really 20 years ago is when you could have the most impact. Thanks, Bill. With the Kenny Anderson. I came in here on my 39th birthday feeling good. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, miss, I definitely missed my peak. Just going sure. to go in a time machine. You could have... Think of all the careers you could have potentially helped. All I, those dudes from the 90s that got way too much money too soon. The Jailblazers. All those teams. Spreewell. That, that league was crazy back then. The league was league's so normal now. It's almost boring. People are like Westbrook, Westbrook got mad at the officials after the post game. It's like right. that was like a Kyrie, one out of a hundred. Kyrie gave a hand gesture to a racist Philly fan. It's like yeah, that's, oh. this, this isn't news. I mean, can you imagine going back to the? That's why the thirty for thirties were the best thing of all time. Like the one. First of all, did you see the clip of Isaiah choking his assistant coach? Have you ever seen that? Which Isaiah Thomas? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I never saw that till yeah. the other day. I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. He's bleeding yeah. from the eye. Like that era, I miss it. I don't like the everything's a 30 minute review. Is it a flagrant? Like back then, if somebody died, they're gonna look at it later on. That's the only way. They're gonna play through it. So I, I miss those days. The stakes are higher now. Yeah. Especially with social media and everything. Like, uh, you know, like Draymond and Bradley Beal had. I didn't want to call it a fight. They, they kind of danced and they fell into the crowd. Yeah, I don't think if they squared up, Bradley would take it the same way. Like, he had a good head start from behind. You I'm going to bet I, on Draymond against just about anybody in a real fight. I caught I caught a game. Uh, I, I caught a cab to a game with Draymond one time. Yeah. One of my best stories. Let's hear it. I was, well, I was headed to uh, the Miami Heat Chapel. And uh, Draymond, I guess he just missed the team bus. I think he might have been a rookie or a year after. And I was like, dude, you going to the game? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, you missed the bus? He's like, yeah, I'm in trouble. I said, I'm going. I'm going to do the chapel. Got in a cab. I told the driver, I was like, hey, take us to American Airlines. 25 minutes later, I'm like, where are you going, man? He's like, American Airlines Terminal. I'm like, no. Right. Arena. Oh, God. Went over the median, 
<laughs> booked it there, and I think we, we just made it, and I don't think anybody really knew. You don't think anybody knew? Nope. I think that Draymond <laughs> had that rep of just he's going to get here, he's going to be on time, and it was just really, it was funny. He's the one I worry about as much as I like him. You can't control him. Have you seen the guys try to control him when he's losing it? He's not having it. Like, even KD, all the guys will run over. I think his mom, if she was in, like, his eye vision, maybe she could control him. But when he gets going, yeah. It's it's the the same dynamic you have. Like, if you have the family, the one the one member of the family who, after two glasses of wine might start crossing lines at thanksgiving and everybody's yeah. like uh-oh too vulnerable yeah, yeah. uh-oh oh <laughs> auntie's auntie looks like she's getting in hold on uh, hold on we gotta change the subject take her a drink yeah. it's that same kind of nervous kind of uh vibe that that whole team gets when draymond mount draymond is about to start bubbling yep. you can just see it and it's honestly the one thing that can that can submarine them if if he can't figure out how to channel that stuff better, I this is one of the few sports talk radio arguments that I actually don't poo-poo. Right. Because that team, on paper, should beat anybody. The one thing that times. can fuck them up is Draymond. And, yeah. And whether, if he just keeps going off the reservation, at some point there becomes real costs. I think that, honestly, Golden State, the only... They have to keep the, they have to keep it interesting, and so stuff like that. They lose games here and there, Draymond. But when they have to lock in, I don't think it's going to even be close. Right. People are saying that about the Cavs, but I actually think I, I'll, I think, I'll gamble on LeBron. He, he I don't think he's going to go down easy. I'm not worried about the Cavs. I would gamble on them making about four more trades. True, but I think Jr. shooting what twenty some percent. He's going to catch fire at some point. Like literally catch fire? No, he's going to start hitting threes. Okay. I love JR. He's one of my JR's, favorite guys. JR's pouting. He's pouting. He doesn't like the Dwayne Wade thing. This, they're a classic chemistry gone wrong experiment. I watch them and it's like... Did anyone JR's think that mad. wasn't going to happen? JR's mad they signed Dwayne Wade. Tristan Thompson's mad he's not starting. Um, Kevin Love's mad because they tried to trade him all summer. <laughs> Derek Rose is mad because he's not used to having the ball. Dwayne Wade's mad because he's Dwayne Wade. He's, now he's going to come off the bench. It's like it's all the checkpoints for this is bad. You know what? They, they they gambled on LeBron, the gatekeeper. They're like, we can get all these groceries, and LeBron's going to cook something. And it's not a bad gamble. He's done it before. This is the toughest batch of groceries, though, no doubt. Well, and, uh, and it's also, the the league is, it's just harder to turn it on and off because of the way people play basketball now. When you have, this yeah. is why the Celtics are so sneaky good right now, because they're really they really play hard. And they're good at defending threes. Yeah, they and are. everybody's firing up thirty threes a game. You can't get lazy on defense anymore because of the math of it. If you're not running out on shooters, you're gonna give give up like a fifteen to one run all of a well, sudden. The essence of defense though is not looking cool. The biggest problem in the NBA is everybody wants to be cool. Yeah. So when you see teams that are really like uh Marcus Smart, is that the your guy on Boston? I mean, he's not only He's our guy in Boston, but he's also my guy. He's your guy. So yeah. the way he plays D, you know, guys today, it's not very cool, right? To lock up, it's not cool. You want to, like, you know, saunter down the court. And when you see teams that are winning, they're closing out. They're doing stuff that nobody wants to do. That, to me, is everything. I think it's... That's why I like my dude Frankie Smokes. I got Make it I got, my dude. Now that you've said it, I'm going to give it Frankie a fair Smokes shake. Frankie Smokes D's up. Do you, would you agree with me on this? Do you think that no one in the NBA has actually committed a foul in the last seven years? It's the most annoying thing because what happens is refs build up this lack of tolerance for guys. And towards the middle of the year, I always tell guys once in a while, tell ref 
Try to tell the ref it was a good call. Just try it. Kobe was great at that. Every play, you never foul anybody? Every play? It's like everybody complains. After a while, refs are like, they just lose it. And they just start calling the worst fouls. But it, do you agree that no one's ever committed a foul? Yeah, when was the last time you saw a guy go, B, good call, sir? If you do that twice to a ref, it's going to go well for you late in the fourth. But if you've been cussing them out all game and you've clearly walked or you've clearly killed a guy, just once in a while, it actually endears you to everybody. We do that to the refs in, uh, in my daughter's club soccer. Yeah. We'll yell at them once in a while, but when they make a good call, or even if it's a good call against us, but good call, ref. I joined the coaching staff. I joined you the coaching staff. I joined the coaching staff of my son's flag football team after two losses. Took over the offense, installed a run and shoot. Yeah. Blew the team out. I also accused the refs of being high because <laughs> I'm not sure this one guy was even watching the game. And I'm like, bro, you're getting paid 20 bucks for this hour. Right. You need to, you need to just at you least know. focus over here. I've never had as much fun as I'm having helping coach my son's team though we're doing exotic blitzes we're doing we're doing bounties i got video game bounties you score you're looking at an xbox card 50 dollars. oh my god this is like the next great sports scandal it's amazing and they don't miss like i mean we're doing straight up we went from having a really vanilla defense to exotic corner blitzes i mean stifling the other team and i'm proud of it and we're not out there to have how fun. old are these kids eight years old my son, Roman, <laughs> a.k.a. White Odell, a.k.a. Uh, White Lightning, he will yeah. be, I always say, son, you're going to be the next white cornerback. Now, we realize, since Jason Seahorn, this hasn't happened, but you're going to be the guy. So he has in his mind that he's going to be a, a white skill position, like McCaffrey. I'm really proud of that. I, don't, I think that uh, maybe Roman can be in that, in that vein. The he's next, got giant next Jason Seahorn. He's, I don't want to be the next Jason Seahorn. I just know that Jason, Jason Seahorn made it possible to believe that my son can come <laughs> out of the hood of New Jersey and be a DB running a four-two. Four-two. <laughs> One of my friends, Prince Amukamura, who is like fast wounded. That's how fast he is. I had him try to teach uh, Roman some moves, and he's just—he's too cute. He's too funny. He's got giant glasses, headband, seventeen different wristbands, great cleats tied up his little jersey you know like he's ready to roll was this uh harder or less hard than doing the breakfast club this was um one of the highlights of my life and that might uh. seem weird to people but i this is awesome i love your show i think it's really cool you had a pastor i don't know if you have another one what question didn't i ask that i should have asked um how many we people... didn't really get deep religious well i mean i think why don't you do, do like a three minute spiel to end it you gotta, you gotta think. Just about, do your three minutes. What are you living? I'm giving for? you three minutes right now. I'm giving it. I, motivate, I, motivate my listeners right now. They're in the car. They're on the treadmill. Like, make them rethink their life right now. You got a purpose. You need to figure out who gave you the purpose. You need to figure out what legacy you're gonna leave. What people are gonna say about you when you're gone. We're recording this a day after 26 people were murdered going to church. Not a single person in that church woke up that day thinking that they were going to stand, you know, on the door of eternity. And I think when you start thinking about life from that angle, that we don't have a tomorrow that's promised, that maybe these little moments matter more than they do, I think it changes what you live for. It changes why you live. And so I, the purpose of my life is to remind people that there is a God. He did create you. You do have a purpose. And don't let weird religion stop you from a relationship with God. That's the number one problem in cities like this is people have been to weird church, heard a weird thing, and now they've shut off from maybe the most important thing in life. So keep your heart open. 
try to figure out who made you, why you're here, and live for that purpose, and you'll never work another day in your life. What did you say my, my religious strategy is? I told you. I said, I believe that everybody has a different God or whatever. I said, you said there was a term for that. Uh, I like mean, everybody you, believes in something. Some, and would, call faith you, in some something. would call you a universalist. Okay, explain what a all universalist roads, is. All roads lead to heaven. Your faith is okay. My faith is okay. At the end of the day, they all lead to the same place. It's inherently false because my God says that this, this place is different. You know, Muslim says this is different. So a lot of people, it's cool for you, Carl. I got my faith. You got your faith. And I always say faith in what? Right. I'm a man of faith. Faith in what? Faith in faith is called insanity. You have to have faith in something. So when you answer these questions, I think there's peace that you can find in this life you can't get from a better job or a new contract. You got to live for something more. So, but how do you stay tolerant of all faiths when you feel that way? Well, I, you know, I believe that Jesus would have, you know, set a course for us to be able to disagree without disparagement, yeah. um, to have discourse without disrespect. And so why am I, why would I be threatened by your different faith? Either I'm right and you're going to change or you're right and I'm going to change either way we win. So for me, my belief that Jesus is the only way doesn't mean that your way I, I can't listen to and I can't get to know. We both agree that the triangle offense sucks. We agree on so much. <laughs> we agree that we could run a hell of an NBA franchise. <laughs> at, the, at the rate the NBA is going, don't, don't rule it out with some of the people if that are running this team. You and Gary V can you know combine forces and buy a team. And I, What's Gary, which, Gary V? I know that name. He's an incredible motivational guy, but he has a dream to buy the, the, the Jets. The Jets? Yeah. <laughs> So I Not mean, many people dream to buy the Jets. Today is a position move for me because when you do buy a team, I'm putting my hand up to be the equipment manager, and you're always going to be short gear. I'm going to make you the 15th man. I'm ready. I'm going to put you, uh, put you uh, in the locker room. I'm ready. Just ready being like, JR, why are you upset? You, you want a ring. Come yeah. off the bench. Dwayne Wade's one of the best two guards of all time. Yeah. It's fine. You're still going to get your six threes a game. Come on, buddy. JR be with be us. Fine. We need you. I predict that JR is going to catch fire. Soon, and we're gonna love it. Gonna what would you say to Markel Fultz? I would say, what I, I want to know what happened to his shoulder. I want. I don't know what happened, or if anything happened. I would say, don't play until your your shoulder's perfect. Doesn't sound like he has the right people around him. I think we can safely say that. We know this. I think to be he sure. needs one person that he could trust. Markel, do what's best for you. Don't play with one arm. It's a, it's, it's a long career. That's what we'd say to him. Yeah, especially with all the expectations. Yeah. Do you? There's video of him shooting left-handed threes. It's not right. On the internet this morning. It's not right. What James the hell's going on? They traded two massive assets for him. They also picked up JJ Redick, who I think is the best. Just shout out to JJ for no reason. Okay. Embiid? Hilarious. I've got to know him a little bit. He's hysterical. It sounds like you should just line up with one team. One of these owners should just be like, we're just... We're taking Pastor Carl. We're just we're we're preventing all the other teams from using this great resource. I, I'm, I'm I'm open to it. I'm a Knicks, I'm a Knicks Nets guy right now. Yeah, Dol- I'm sure Dolan will figure it out. Dolan's listening. Dol- James, if you've made it this far, I'm the guy that we always bump into each other in the hallway, sir. They've good chemistry. Yeah. The Knicks though this year. Better. Yeah, Better. I've I've been impressed. I was impressed by. Uh, the reactions on the bench, uh, how much they like Porzingis. My guy, Courtney Lee. That's one of my guys. Courtney Lee, they have a lot of good team guys. Courtney's they don't really the have any cancer dudes. Nope. 
Not sure what Joakim Noah is doing lately, but he's chilling. You know, he's <laughs> he's chilling out. He's just being. You can see him on the street in New York, just walking. You're like, hey, there's Noah. He's there like, he is. Seems like a really good. How about guy. setting a pick. I wish he didn't get hurt because he was a beast. Yeah, he was awesome. I voted for him first team on base. He also has opposite rotation on the ball, which is very hard to do. Yeah, on purpose. All right, plug the book one more time. Own the moment. It's out right now, and uh, I would love it if you check it out. Thank you, Pastor Carl. Thank you, Pastor Bill.